Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. A lot to him. So let's prepare our hearts and uh, let's listen to what Pastor Steve has to say. Hey church, great to be with you here this morning. Hey, we're looking at the topic of super powered. Now, it doesn't matter what your context is right now. It may be that you have known Jesus for a long time. Maybe that you've only known him a short time. Or maybe you're here today and you don't yet know Jesus Christ. But every single one of us would have to admit that we would like to have more power than maybe we have already. That there is a dimension to our lives that needs to be bigger than we have to do what we want to do. I want to talk to you about a supernatural power for living. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 says this, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. You and I are ministers of a brand new covenant. That is the freedom gospel of Jesus Christ. We're meant to be bringing life to everyone we meet. We're meant to be ministering the Holy Spirit to people we meet. We're meant to be bringing hope to every street we walk down. But we cannot do that without the clothing of the power of God. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit to ensure that we are drawing the power of God on to our lives. It's, it's very much like this. If your job is to be a deep sea diving rescuer, trying to do that job without the mask and, and the equipment and the oxygen is impossible. Trying to do the Christian life, trying to be a minister of life without the clothing of the power of the Holy Spirit is impossible. You were never meant to live like that. You were meant to live empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited today because at the end of this service, you're going to have a chance to be prayed for, to find a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, to be clothed in power, to go and impart life to others, and specifically healing. We're going to look specifically at the healing gift. Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem. He said this, you need to go and preach the gospel. You need to go and tell others about the great hope, but don't do it yet. Wait in Jerusalem until what? He said, until you've been clothed in power from on high. Now, power was the very thing that he constantly tried to demonstrate to people. So, there was a moment in the gospels where we read about a story of one man who was paralyzed And his four friends brought him to Jesus because they wanted him to be healed. The crowds are surrounding the house. They couldn't get through. They couldn't get near to Jesus. But they weren't despairing or disappointed. They climbed up onto the roof, dug a hole in the roof, and lowered the man down at the feet of Jesus. In that moment, Jesus was so... Uh, impressed or uh, so acknowledging of their determination and their faith, he looked at the man and said, your sins are forgiven. Shock horror. 
shock horror by the crowd because they're going, how can this man forgive sins? Surely only God has the power to forgive sin. The four friends, shock horror, they had brought him to get healed and yet Jesus is not healing the man, he's forgiving their sins. Get this, Jesus' primary agenda always is to deliver to us what we need on the inside. That is a forgiveness, a fresh start, a brand new creation. But, but, as soon as he had said, your sins are forgiven, he then said, hey, get up and walk. The man gets up and he walks, he's healed. Power flowed into that man to heal him. Why was that important? Because if the people could see he had the power to heal the, heal the body, they would believe that maybe God also is speaking here and could forgive sin. You and I need to live a powered life. Not because necessarily a demonstration of power is everything that people need, but when we demonstrate a power-filled lived, living life, they're going to start to take notice when we say, Jesus can also transform your inner world. He can forgive you. He can set you free. Your destiny can be heaven. Paul also said, Apostle Paul, he wrote so many letters in the New Testament, planted so many churches around Europe. He said this, I, I can preach with eloquent words. I can try and tell you great philosophies, but that's not what I want to do. I bring the power of the gospel to you. I want to show you that God is at work. And so today, I want you to leave this place knowing there is power for your life. And when you have power on your life, you will see these signs following. Turn with me. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16 and verse 14. If you're making notes, write this down. Mark 16 verse 14, because in this passage, we're going to see what happens when you get empowered by the Holy Spirit. Are you sitting ready for this? This is, this is exciting. This is really important. Sitting right there, you're going to receive the power of God today, and you're going to know these things will happen Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Hey, there's hope. If you're thinking, hey, I'm not perfect. If you're thinking, uh, I sometimes lack faith, it's okay. These eleven were just the same. They had moments where they lacked faith. They, they had been with Jesus and they still lacked faith. My goodness, I love the way that God is so gracious to continue to believe in us, to continue to de deposit himself in us, to continue to show his grace that we may be his followers. Verse 15, he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In, the, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. My goodness, there is power for living. He says that you will cast out demons. There are times where you will feel dark forces around your world or in, in situations you're in or around certain people. You have the power to cast out those dark forces in the name of Jesus. He says that you are able to uh, pick up snakes or drink poisons. What's that? When, when people come against you, when enemies are trying to trip you up, and God is going to protect you. 
That's his assurance to you. He says you will be able to speak in new tongues. A bit later on, I'm going to hand over to your service pastors and they're going to lead you into a moment where you can get filled with the Spirit and begin to speak in new tongues. New tongues, this is like a heavenly language. It builds up your spirit. They'll explain that a, a bit more. But we can speak in a heavenly communication with God. Amazing, really, that as we do that, it builds our spirit. But this is what I want to focus on today amongst all the gifts and all the tools that come with that clothing. When you're clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like he gives you a toolkit access to these gifts. And one of them is to heal the sick. He says, when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Today, I want you to be bold. I want you to believe that when you pray for people who are sick, they will get healed. How do we do that? The first thing we need to know that we can do to heal the sick is this. It needs to be motivated by love. It's amazing how many times you read about Jesus healing people and it says he was moved with compassion. Oh my goodness, church, we need to ensure that our hearts are filled with love for people every day. I love people, I love people. You, you, you need to look at people and be moved with compassion for their needs. Because I tell you what, when you're moved with compassion, you will know that God will give you the gift you need for that moment. And it will be the right gift. It won't be what you want to do, it will be what you are needed to do because your love is stirred for that person. God's not going to give you the gift of interpretation of tongues or the gift of discernment of spirits if the person standing in front of you has got a broken leg, right? He's going to give you the gift of healing. Motivated by love, God's going to transfer through you the gift of healing to someone. The second thing, as indicated here in Mark, he says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, There's something powerful about laying hands on someone because the Holy Spirit in you the power of God on you gets transferred into that person you're praying for. It's a transference. In fact, I know some people whose hands get hot when they're praying for healing. It's, it's like there's an impartation of the power of God. And no wonder maybe they feel a the heat when the power of God is being transferred. You need to know today when you lay hands on people, there is a transference of the power of the Holy Spirit. Not that God doesn't heal when you don't lay hands. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for people if you're not near them. I, I remember a time many, many years ago in, in the workplace I used to work in where a colleague of mine was sick and we we're in an open planned office and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah, sure. Now, I'm not going to make, make it look weird in any way or I, I wasn't going to lay hands in this open planned office. So I was sitting like about a meter away and I, I just said a very simple prayer, kept my eyes open. Afterwards, she told me she felt a heat go through her body. She felt something happen through her. Now, she didn't get completely healed that day, but she experienced the most important thing. She felt the undeniable presence and power of God. I was praying for somebody else just last year who doesn't know God, and as I began to pray, they began to weep. They felt the presence of God. There is a power in transference. And the most important thing the power of God can do is win someone to Christ, is convince them that God is real. That's what happens in this moment. That's why this is so important. You have the power to lay hands. The third thing is this. You have authority over sickness 
in the name of Jesus. You're motivated by love. You lay on hands and you have authority over sickness in the name of Jesus. That means you can command that sickness to go and that person to be healed in Jesus' name. What is that? That's not just a, a name you quote like, well, you know, like any other name in, in, in the name of Steve Warren or in the name. No, it's not like in the name of Jesus is some religious rhetoric. It's a position you hold. I have authority as I stand in Christ. Therefore, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. You have authority over sickness. Incredible what can happen through you. Now, just note as we look at this topic, we never tell someone or guarantee to someone they're going to get healed. Uh, we, we, or, or that they are healed. We, we never tell someone to give up their medicines. Hey, let, let's let the doctors verify the incredible thing that might have happened. Even Jesus on one occasion said to the lepers after he had prayed with them, go, go see the priest, let them verify the healing. We don't need to do that. If God has done something, it will be verified. The other thing um, we're not going to do is say to someone that they're healed when they're not healed. Let's not pretend. We don't need to pretend. We're not here to try and protect the name of Jesus. If something's not happened, uh, we don't need to faith them up and say, well, nothing has really changed, but you need to go away and say, I am healed anyway. Now, having said that, very often God has begun to do something. And it's okay to say to that person, Look, as you go, I want you to confess to yourself that the Bible says this. It says, by his wounds I am healed. Let me, let me just share a few promises for you just a moment so you have some indication of how sure you can be the Bible wants you healed. Psalm 103 verse 2 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. 1 Peter 2.24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So the Bible is very clear. There is promise. So it's okay to say to someone, as you go, maybe it hasn't fully happened for you yet, but go away and confess. I'm believing God is beginning to heal me. I am believing that he will complete the work he's begun in me. Another thought here. Just as we start to draw this message to a close, and, and as I hand over to your service pastor who's going to lead us into the next stage, which will come to a point where we're going to pray for you. Here's a thought. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it doesn't say that there is the gift of healing. It says this. 1 Corinthians 12 for 7 to 9. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, etc., etc., to another the gifts of healings. That is, it's plural. That is, there are more than one healing. There are so many different conditions in people's lives, and there are so many different types of healings, therefore. There's emotional healing. There's a healing of the mind. There's a healing of the body. And then there's so many other different types of healings. And you may find that you have the confidence to bring healing into certain things more than others. So for Pastor Lisby and I, we've experienced uh, 
uh, great fruitfulness when we've prayed for people who have not been able to conceive. We've seen so many people uh, have babies after we've prayed for them uh, who have, in some cases, for 10, 12, 13 years, never been able to conceive. It's just a, a, a faith we have that for. There are different types of healings. You may find great successes. You pray for people for their emotional healing. Whatever it is, minister that gift. Be bold, impart that gift. Go to that place where you set someone free. Physical healing sometimes have attachments to something else. It may be a demonic thing. It may be that you need to cast out a demon before they get healed. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Luke 9, 42, there were times where Jesus had to rebuke a spirit before someone got healed. You have authority, as I said earlier, to rebuke a spirit of sickness. It may be due to a curse or a, a family line that's been inherited to someone. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. You can break that curse. You can set someone free from a family line that's hereditary in terms of that sickness. You can set them loose. And finally, a sickness can have potentially a source that's emotional or to do with attitude. And so as you're praying for someone, just be open to God, giving you a, an insight, an idea, a thought, a word of wisdom, because it may be that it's connected to something. You may get this thought that they need to forgive someone. You may get this thought that they've been involved in something that they need to repent from. Uh, it may be that, I mean, don't say it just for the sake of it, but, but if God is showing you something, share that, because it might just set them free and healing may flow. There are instances where just through the confession of something, people have got healed for that reason. Church, today I want you to know this. As you lay hands on sick people, they will recover. I want you to be clothed in power to be ministers of life so we can bring hope to every street in our city. God bless you as I hand back over to your service pastors right now. Amazing. Super good. So we've just heard Pastor Steve. Uh, for your information, Pastor Steve is not here this, this day because this morning he's been preaching in Almere in our location there. And also our Pastor Lisby, she's been preaching in England. So therefore, um, yeah, they're not here and we, we did the video. But hey, today, Pentecost. In last week's, we've been looking at super life. And actually, two weeks ago, we talked about practically how to prophesy. Last week, we talked about miracles. And today, Pastor Steve has been talking about healing. And what I love about the series is that actually it makes it very practical for us to really move in the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And that's something, one of the most wonderful things I think we can do in our lives so that we can actually work together because God called us as a workmanship together with Him. It's not that He would do the work, but actually He would be doing the work through us. But there is one event that precedes all of that. Actually, none of this, what we're doing here right now, wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Pentecost. Because, as you might know, Pentecost was the moment where the Holy Spirit was being poured out and where the Apostle Peter was able to stand up and to preach to multitudes of people and explain to them what was happening in that moment. And that was the moment where the church actually arise. So that was about 2,000 years ago. 
the same Pentecost moment came for me 20 years ago. I was about seven back then. No, not, not really. I was 17. Um, could have, I, you could, you, it could have been right. Yeah, thanks, thanks. So what happened was that I was at a stage in my life where actually I, I, I was looking for God. I had a sense that God, the Father, and Jesus were real. And in that sense, I, yeah, you could say that I was saved, but I wasn't living a life that was saved. I recognized in my life that when I was talking with my friends or when I was talking with guys from my baseball team, that I felt this peer pressure coming upon me and I didn't feel like, you know, really doing the life of Christ together with Him. I just felt like really pulled down and just doing the worldly thing. I realized I needed God. But my perception was always that there was God the Father and Jesus went to heaven on Hamel's fire. I, I recognized that ascension day. But um, I came to the conclusion that, okay, God, if you're sitting over there and I'm standing over here on earth, then what do you have to do with me? I came to the realization as well that that was the reason for Pentecost. But that wasn't the realization that I had in my life. It wasn't the reality that I was aware of. So what I decided, I said to God, I said, God, I need to live for you. I have a need in my life. I have a gap so big that there is only actually one entity that can fill that. And that is, that is you, God. And I also realized that if I want to live an effective life for you, that I need the empowerment, like uh, uh, the Apostle Steve, I mean, Pastor Steve explained in the video, an empowerment from the heaven on high to come on my life to do that. So there was this conference, I went to England for that. So if you're, let's say, from Brazil and you came all the way to Holland, then, you know, you've got something coming up because, you know, God is into crossing oceans to meet up with you. Because what happened was that I went to England and there was this conference, it was like a setting like this, somewhere around 120, 150 people. And there was this specific seminar. And the seminar was about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I said to God, before I went to the conference, God, I will give my life for you when you will come and fill my life with your presence. And it feels like a bit of manipula manipulation, right? That I was like, yeah, God, I'm not going to do this if you're not going to do that. Well, actually, I was at that point in my life that I actually needed God so much that he didn't care about that. He just wanted to fill my life. So what happened was that at the end of the service, like we're doing now today after this inspiration, I, I went forward and there was an altar call where I could be prayed for. So I was just, let's say I was standing somewhere over there and in a, in a square of three meters, nobody was standing near me. So I didn't know what to expect. I just closed my eyes and I just opened up my hands. And what happened was this. I, I really didn't know what to expect so I was just standing there and what happened was just in an instant just flowing of a waterfall of the presence of God just came over me and it just didn't only came over me it just filled my body it just filled me just from top to toe and just left me with a sense of and an, something in my in my stomach just a feeling that when I talk about it right now that I can just that I can just sense that that presence again there was a presence of of the of the Holy Spirit that came into my life and actually I was 
I was crying and I was crying. I, I didn't know what to do with that because yeah, I just felt God. And this emptiness, this big gap that only one person could fill, had filled it. And I was crying and I was crying. And what also happened was that during that specific time, I just felt like words were bubbling up from out of my mouth. It was something that I could choose to stop, but I desired to utter it. So I literally began to say things like, Rabba, 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 for whatever that means. I wasn't aware of what that means. I still don't know what it means. But I learned later on that the more that I gave into that, that actually that was where Pastor Steve talked about speaking in a different tongue. I developed it in a way that I can now sometimes think that I speak actual words, although I don't know exactly what they would mean. But, you know, hopefully someday there will be somebody who will be explaining what I'm actually praying. But there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 7, 38, it speaks about Jesus saying, Whoever believes in me, streams of living water will be pouring out of them. And that's a wonderful thing. Because that's actually what our soul needs, our spirits needs. We need the presence of God like a river. So when you stand here and you just open up your hands, it's just vital to open up your heart. And just take that leap of faith where Hannah was talking about. Because you need to open up so that He can come in and actually take away all the rubble that we sometimes carry in our lives. And just refresh us. Because He is refreshing God. You know that our bodies are actually designed to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, it states that our body is bought by the price of Jesus Christ. And it's meant to be as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So what happens is that actually we try to live our lives in a design, but God is not, has not meant for us to be alone. He has meant for us to live life together with Him. And that's something amazing. I always felt so insecure. I was, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I feel that something is missing. Somebody is missing in my life. But because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, I just feel like, man, my life means something. And when I try to do something good for somebody else, I can actually do it in the power because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And then, I don't know, it's not just me. It's not just being nice. I mean, I try to be a nice guy, and I sometimes can be, but you know, it's actually God in me that makes it really enjoyable, I think. So, so what I want to do right now is, I want to ask you the question, are you wanting to receive the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe this Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from Him. And today I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. 
I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.